So now that we cannot meet, are we still the church? But today we begin a new series that I know will have a profound impact on Wildwood Christian Church. I mean, in the midst of this pandemic, the COVID-19 shutdown, I think it's more crucial than ever that we understand the church. So today, I invite you to open your Bibles to Matthew 16. Um, take the notes that you were emailed or click the note tab here, use the Bible tab. But we're going to dig in, and so I really want you to be ready because we're going to begin a critical study about the church. Now, before we begin, I want to ask you, so how's your quarantine going? Are you wanting to sell your kids off or kick your parents out? I mean, for some of you, there's been little change. And for some parts of the country, I mean, it's like nothing has changed. But for some of the larger cities, life is dramatically different. And for some of you, it, it's very different. It's been crazy to see how different people are coping. Where it began, some people say in China. But now we know it's growing strong. in the spring da, 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 da. hope this don't go through summer but who would have known it last this long hands go wash your hands no reaching out don't touch me I won't touch you It's no good. I'm spending my time. Ba, ba, ba. All alone in seclusion. Watch Tiger King. Now all of this don't seem so crazy. I think I'll put my mask back on. Now when I cough, na 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 na, people move away real quickly. There's no TP anywhere. One, don't touch no one, don't touch no one. No reaching out. Don't touch me, and I won't touch you. It's no good, it's no good. I'm spending my time ba, 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 here alone in seclusion. <laughs> Sweet quarantine? Any of you feel that way? I mean, life is so very different. I mean, for us as a church, obviously, it's very different. I mean, we haven't met in person since March the 15th, and that's now over two months. So this is the ninth Sunday that we've had online-only services. Our church literally feels quarantined. I got to tell you, that makes me a little anxious as your pastor. What makes me anxious is that it can feel like, as a church, we're on vacation, a sabbatical. 
It's a hiatus from living and learning and being the people that Jesus has called us to be. Are we on vacation as a church? Well, I guess that depends upon your definition of church. So for the next few weeks, we're going to dig into this question. Now that we cannot meet, can we still be the church? And the first lesson is this. We learned that the church isn't a building, but it's a body. The church isn't construction, but it's the people who follow Jesus Christ. And we're going to learn this lesson by studying a passage where Jesus does some questioning of his closest followers at a critical, crucial time in his ministry to them. Now, I've asked my dad to read our passage for us today. So you turn to Matthew 16, beginning in verse 13, and follow along in your Bible as dad reads this passage of Scripture to us. Matthew 16, 13 through 20. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone he was the Messiah. I'm so thankful to have my dad with us for a few days. Even at 86, his voice is still strong as he reads the word of God. And the passage that he read, it's a crucial one as we begin this particular series. So when Jesus had this conversation, and when he spoke these words to those followers, on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. What do you think was in the mind of those disciples as they listened to him? See, when I hear the word build, I think of construction. Right now, we're having a retaining wall that's being built in the back of our home. Or I think of a a house being built or maybe a major construction project downtown. To build carries with it the idea of physical labor, hard work, planning, getting permits, a, a physical building going up. Or at least it does to our 21st century years. Which is why when we study the Bible, we take time to understand the culture, the context, what was going on surrounding the words that we find in the Bible. So where was Jesus when he asked his disciples this question? You see, Caesarea Philippi was to religion what Amazon is to shopping. I mean, every conceivable variety of worship was there in this one place. See, this city was located 
kind of north and east of Galilee, about 25 miles from where Jesus grew up. And it was named after the Greek god of Pan. And so now we find ourselves in this time of the first century where it is littered with all sorts of altars. And these altars are dedicated to a multitude of gods. And so as you can see in this photo, there's a niche above that cave. And then there's other niches where they put statues or images or idols. And if we had a close-up, you'd probably be able to see the inscription that would describe that different god. And if you went there today, you would see those niches and you would realize that this was a place infested with idol worship. I mean, everything from earthly rulers to man-invented Greek mythology deities, were they were all around. And Jesus takes his disciples there, and it's in that setting that he asks, who do people say that I am? Now, you may be thinking, well, what difference does it make who people say Jesus is? Well, we get a glimpse of its significance and its importance when we see the response of Jesus to Peter's answer to that question. Now, the disciples gave a variety of answers when Jesus asked his first question, who do people say that I am? It's not that it's unimportant. But what becomes crucial to Jesus is their answer to his second question, who do you say that I am? And it's this response that demonstrates the significance of the answer to Jesus. Now, before we move to Peter's answer, I want to take you back to some of the early teachings of Jesus. There was a a word that Jesus often used in his early teaching. It was the word kingdom, or he would say the kingdom of God, or he might talk about the kingdom of heaven. Let me share with you some of the phrases that Jesus used. Matthew 4, 17. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Matthew 6, 33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Or what about the Lord's prayer? Matthew 6, This then is how you should pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. John 16 or 1836, Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. Luke 17, 21, nor will people say here it is or there it is because the kingdom of God is in your midst. So what kingdom is Jesus talking about? I mean, just the word kingdom could mean the reign of a king, or it could mean the realm over which a king reigns. Now, we know God rules and reigns over all things. However, in this present evil age, not everyone acknowledges the kingship of God. Therefore, God's plan is to construct a new creation in the midst of the old, a kingdom in which all the citizens are willing subjects who serve the king from their hearts. So when we come to the words of Jesus that we're studying, he points us to the truth that this is exactly what the church is meant to be. It is a body of people, not only over whom God reigns, but who also joyfully acknowledge his reign and they freely submit to it. 
This is what makes the church the true kingdom of God in the world today. Even as he says, it can't be seen, you know, it's within you or among you. So when Jesus spoke these words, I will build my church, he's speaking about this special spiritual kingdom that he came to establish, his kingdom on earth, the church. So with that in the backdrop, let's move back to the conversation between Peter and Jesus. Peter's response, Jesus' response, Matthew chapter 16. But what about you, Jesus asked, who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the Son of God. And Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. So Peter answers, you are the Messiah. You are the son of the living God. You are the Messiah. Peter recognized that Jesus was the Messiah, the promised savior of the world from olden times. His divinely appointed office was that of Messiah. You are the son of the living God. Peter recognized that Jesus was divine, equal to in nature and position with the living God. And so Peter was declaring, and he knew that Jesus wasn't just a man or even just a good man or a teacher or a miracle worker or a good speaker. Jesus was God come in the flesh to be the savior of the world and the ruler of God's kingdom on earth. So you got to picture this setting again, this conversation in the midst of the Amazon.com of gods and the multitude of seemingly different ways to heaven. Peter recognized the truth that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And with his statement, Jesus responds, blessed are you. It's like you said, way to go, Peter. You got it right. You've been listening, not to other people, but you've been listening to my Father in heaven. But then Jesus makes a crucial and often misunderstood statement. Look what he says in verse 18. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. So there we are, back to the construction terms. We've talked about rocks and buildings and gates. Now, first, you need to remember that Jesus was the master of the illustration. You know, the example, the picture that was there to help those who were listening understand the point that he was making. And so he's giving us a picture. And in that picture, what does he mean when he states, you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church? Now, some of you grew up being taught that Peter, or more specifically the Pope, was the rock upon which Jesus would build his church. So we need to bring some clarification to that teaching. Is that what Jesus meant? That a man like Peter would be the rock of the church? So I need you to really be thinking with me right now. Based upon the teaching of this passage, who do you see as being the one in charge of the church? Who do you see as the one being the head of the church? 
See, in Matthew 16, Jesus is talking to his apostles, the 12 men he hand-selected who would carry on the work and ministry that he had. And in this teaching time, he asks this crucial questioning. Everything he's taught them up to this point hinges on the answer that they give him. It isn't 20 questions. It's one crucial question. Who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. You see, simple English grammar enters this picture. When Jesus says you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, what was he referring to? That the church would be built on Peter, or that the church would be built on the confession of Peter that Jesus is the Messiah? The subject of the discussion is the answer to the question, who is Jesus? Interestingly enough, Peter gives kind of his own commentary on what happened in his own words in 1 Peter chapter 2, beginning in verse 4. Peter writes this, As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. So here's Peter using building terminology as well. But notice what Peter doesn't call himself. He didn't call himself the foundation of the church. He calls Jesus the chief cornerstone of the church, the most important part of the building process. And what Jesus is stating is this, that his church would be built upon the truth that he, Jesus, is the head of the church and the cornerstone of the church, that everything comes from and fits from and conforms to Jesus Christ. So this series is called The Church Quarantined. Now that we cannot meet, are we still the church? And of course, if being the church is only about meeting together at a specific building or a specifically designated place, then the answer would be no. No, we're, we're no longer the church. But the point of Jesus wasn't to build a literal building called the church, but rather to help us understand we build the church upon the acknowledgement and understanding of who Jesus is. And that those who acknowledge Jesus is king, they are the church. And yes, during normal circumstances, we might meet at a specific location. 16717 Manchester Road, Wildwood, Missouri, 63040. And we, we're called by a specific name, Wildwood Christian Church. But those things don't define the church. What defines the church is you. Wherever the people who claim Jesus as King and Lord over their lives are located, that is where the church resides. So Wildwood Christian Church is at one point on a map. It's literally over 400 points all over this area and region. And then think about the church universal. It's not the addresses of every building that calls themselves a church. It's literally the millions and millions and millions of Christians all over the world. That is the church. 
So since we cannot meet at this crazy time, are we still the church? Absolutely. Are, yes, still the church. So the title of this message is The Church is a Body, Not a Building. And so I want to invite you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It's a passage of scripture in which Paul is writing to the church at the city of Corinth. And I want you to listen to these words. You read along as I read them out loud. Paul writes this, Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one Spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews, Gentiles, slave, free, and we were all given the one Spirit to drink, even so the body is not made up of one part, but of many. In verse 27, now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. So Paul wrote these words to the church at Corinth, but it was a messed up church. They had all kinds of problems. They had great division. They were immoral at times. There were times where some of them thought they were way better than others, and others thought they were just insignificant and really didn't matter. And so when Paul writes these words, he writes them to encourage every one of them. When you said yes to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, when you made that good confession, like Peter did to Jesus there, that you recognize Jesus is the King and the Lord and the Messiah, the Son of God, you became a part of the body of Christ. Significant, important, with great meaning. And so Paul, when he's writing this, he's not thinking about a building like this when he's talking to the church. He's thinking about people like you. He's thinking about people like me. When he said, you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it, this is what he meant. King of the kingdom as we 
we are the body of Christ. So why does that matter? Well, it matters first of all because since you're part of the church, your life is about something greater. There's a great line in the song that says, our life is about something greater. And every single one of us wants to know, does my life matter? Do I have significance? Do I have greater purpose and meaning? And what you and I need to know that in Jesus Christ, because we are a part of his body, the church, our life has great significance. And the reason is, is because Jesus has invited you to serve in his place. He's no longer here, and so he hands the towel to his body, the church, you, and to me. And he says, I, I need you to serve in my place, and that starts at home. It, it moves to where we work, it moves to where we live, it moves to our neighborhoods. It, it, every single day, at every moment, he looks at you and I as the church, and he says, you serve in my place. So we've been having some work done at our house in our backyard putting up a retaining wall and we hired a, uh, a company um, and the contractor, general contractor, is a guy by the name of Cole. Now I've known Cole, Patty and I've known Cole for over 20 years. In fact, I was influential in Cole accepting Jesus Christ. I was able to mentor him and we, we, get, we were able to serve together at that church for a period of time, but then Cole moved to Colorado. He ended up being in Florida, but about nine months ago, he moved back here to the St. Louis area working for a construction company and we hired him and a couple of days ago he and I were having a conversation about the impact that he was able to have and the influence even on those guys he was working with and he said look my my motto is just to realize that I serve unto the Lord everything I do is for Jesus Christ that's what it means to have great significance in our life we realize every day I represent Jesus Christ and make such a difference but the other reason why it matters because you are the church is it means that you are not alone. See, the dream of our leadership here at Wildwood is not that when we think of church, we would think of this one place, this one building, this one point on a map, but that when we think of church, we would literally think of a hundred points all over this city and this region. We, we want this church to have an exponential influence, but we realize that's only going to happen if every single one of you and me, all of us, realize that we are the church. But it's easy to walk away on a Sunday and feel like what I do doesn't matter, especially when we're not even gathering, uh, uh, gathering together. It's so easy to turn off the computer or whatever and just think, well, I'm all by myself now. But today you need to understand that just in Wildwood Christian Church, there, there are hundreds of people just like you worshiping right at this moment, on this morning. But even greater than that is the church universal. People all over this city, all over this state, all over this nation, all over the world who are worshiping the same God. We are united. We are one body, the body of Jesus Christ. We are the church. And together, I mean, we can make such a difference if we remember that we are the church. The church is not a building. This is a great place to meet. This isn't the church. This is just the place where we periodically meet or hopefully will at some point. The church is made up of everyone who says, Jesus, I know who you are. You are the Christ. You are the Messiah. You're the Son of the living God. And I bow my knee to your lordship and to your kingship. And we realize that our job and everything we do is to point other people to Jesus Christ.
So right now, every one of you who are watching, every one of you who said yes to Jesus Christ, right where you're at, you are the church. And imagine the impact that we could have if we really lived and understood that to be true. The impact as a church, the difference that we could make in the city of Wildwood, in the community surrounding it, in the county of St. Louis, in the city of St. Louis, and all over the world, we're already making such a great impact. But we're missing you. You are the church.